Welcome to Destiny Spirit. Please join us for this message with Donna Astern. So appreciate the prophetic words and things that came out tonight. I love it we're all on the same page. Isn't that cool? Don't you love that? When everything's all on the same page, we're all going in the same direction. How do you know that we're all drinking of one spirit tonight? Amen. I love that. You know, many expressions in the body of Christ, but drinking of one spirit. And so uh, tonight, my title is, Where Are You Looking? Where are you looking? You know, we are definitely in a time of great uncertainty, a time of great transition, and people are in pain. There's a lot of people hurting in our country right now. A lot of people, it's just, a, it's just rough for lots of folks, lots of places. And the pressure is on. And some of us are, are feeling the pressure because the work that we're in has, um, is related to, as Vicki knows, she's working, you know, with people dealing with stock markets. So guess what? <laughs> she's been under pressure from everything that's been going on out in the stock market, you know. And then we've got people talking about, um, you know, foreclosures and, and plants closing and all kinds of stuff. You know, there's a great deal of uncertainty, and people are very, you know, nervous about the economy, about what's going to happen here, there, and the other place, you know. And so there is a lot of pressure that's on. And, you know, the body of Christ certainly does feel a lot of that same pressure that everybody else is under, you know. And the thing is that when people get under stress and they get in fear and they get into desperation, it can cause a wrong response, right? And everywhere we're looking, I'm telling you what, you need to just start, turn off the TV and everything because there ain't nothing but bad news, you know, everywhere. And so it's like, let's just not even listen to all that stuff. You'll probably feel a whole lot better if you didn't start a day with all that bad news, you know. And, and I got a prophetic word from um, a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, a prophet, and she says, I just got this word this morning, I've been hearing this, and, and so she sent it to me, and it says, my people are living in a dependence upon government, but I say that you must live in relationship with me in my government, and then the earthly government will be affected by the kingdom's power. There are so many people that were looking for the government to bail them out, fix it, make your life happy, you know, whatever. Folks, my help is not in the U.S. of A., and yours better not be either, you know. <laughs> we do not trust in earthly kingdoms, you know. We do our part as citizens, but our hope cannot be in those, in those systems. Let's look at Psalm 121. You know, Jesus, I was thinking tonight about Jesus talking about that the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and all that, and he said, you know, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about how you're going to pay your bills and all. And what he said, he says, your father in heaven knows you have need of these things. And that's where Jesus said, turn your attention back on father in heaven, right? Not, a, not according to what the newspaper told you or not according to what, you know, your accountant told you or anybody told you. But what did God tell you in his word? In Psalm 121, it says, I will lift up mine eyes to the mountains from where my, shall my help come. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the White House. It sure don't come from Congress. 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. That's an important promise right there. Keeping your soul. I know some people, their souls are kind of going wacko right now. You know, you need to keep your soul. That's a matter of having some dominion over your emotions and over the fear that is trying to not take you out and the stress. Let's possess our souls, right? Okay. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. You are not in this life by yourself. God knows every concern that you and I have got. He knows what your obligations are, what your responsibilities are, and He understands the pressure of the situation far better than you and I do, right? But it says the Lord is watching over you going in and coming out, going out of your house to work, coming in back from work, you know, going out into the marketplace or whatever you got to go do and coming back in. God knows what's going on in your life. See, God is your help. What is this promise of Scripture? It's in time and difficulty, look to Him. You know, Vicki and I were talking about the stock market earlier. You know, it, the stock market always has ups and downs. It's never constant. It always looks like this, up and down. But sometimes if people are new to the stock market, they don't realize, y'all, this happens every five or ten years. You know, this is what's normal, you know. It goes up for a while, it goes down for a while. Sometimes it goes a little bit sideways somewhere, but basically it's up and down. That's the nature of the beast. That's what it does, okay? So guess what? There's going to be some times it's going to be more fun to be in the stock market than other times, right? There's going to be some times it's more fun to be in your industry, in your field, than at other times. There's times in your family it's more fun to be in your family than other times, right? Hello. <laughs> But what is the promise? The promise is that in times of difficulty, because difficult times are guaranteed to happen, right? We got a bunch of hothouse Christians. They don't know what it's like to experience a storm now and again. Folks, you got to get out of the hothouse. Jesus does not want you in the hothouse. He wants your roots to go down deep in him and that you are able to stand strong no matter what comes down the pike. And if anybody should be holding it together right now, it should be the body of Christ. If anybody should be a voice of hope and a voice of faith, it should be the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter to me what you're personally going through. There's so many times I've seen, seen us, what happens, we get the hurting, and what do we do? We're going to go pull our heads and hide under the bed somewhere, close the door, and not speak to a soul for three weeks. You know what? I was on the phone with someone uh, recently. I have never in my life seen a family that goes through the crap this family's been through. They've had just one, I mean, it's like the devil has got a bullseye on their back, you know. And this one particular family loves God, serves God, but they have had just, just calamities just come down. We've broken curses. We've done everything we know to do. And it just seems that they are always having this challenge of life. But do you know, for that family, do you know they will go out of their way to encourage me? Go out of their way. They're facing some life and death situations. And I'll get an email. I'll get a phone call. And how are you doing today? And just go out of their way to be a source of encouragement. 
That blows me away because most people I know, when it gets a little tough, they don't have any good words of encouragement to say to anybody. It's poor me, poor me. My life is so hard. Everything's so bad. Nobody's had it as bad as me. Come on, folks. There's always somebody who's got it worse. Always. If you don't know somebody, just come talk to me. I'll introduce you to a couple. <laughs> you know what? You'll quit griping and complaining. You'll start being embarrassed. You'll start being embarrassed for what you've been saying. You okay? All right. In times of difficulty, because times of difficult, difficulty are common. This ain't heaven yet. What does the Bible tell us? Is in this life, Jesus said, you will have trouble. Oh, I thought we were men and women of the word. We're going to believe God for that scripture, right? <laughs> no, but you know, that's, why is that scripture in there? Because that way, when trouble comes, you can't say, what is going on? That ain't supposed to happen to people that love God. I've seen people that love God, and I'm telling you what, sometimes it ain't nobody's fault. You know, when you go through hard times, sometimes you go through hard times because the devil has targeted you. Sometimes it's because of somebody else's actions, and you are suffering the consequences, right? Sometimes it's because of our own stupidity. Yes, sometimes we've done that. But you know what? Lots of times we want to we kick ourselves for how come I'm having this bad week? How come this horrible thing happened to me? You know what? Do not join on the devil's side and kick yourself. Let's just start, let's get to the truth of what we need to and let's go on. But understand, hard times happen to everybody. And folks, let's issue some mercy and not point the finger. Well, I know why you're going through that. Oh, I know. You got sin in your life. People need to stop that junk. People need to stop that junk. You got sin. You don't have faith. La da 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 da. How about saying, I don't know why you're going through this thing, but I'm here to be on your side and not to take shots. Amen. You know? And anybody who is trying to make a stand for God is a target. And some of the things that that people have been hit with has just been downright unfair. But you know what? Let me, let me t- give you another little clue. You don't know everything. You don't know everything. And you may look at a situation, and from your point of view, well, I know what that's about. That, that, that. No, you don't. You really don't. You really don't. There are so many times we judge, we accuse, we blame, because we know about 25% of what's going on. You know what? You don't know. You don't know everything. That encourages me. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to know everything. God knows everything. Let him straighten out stuff. Our place is to trust in him and to love one another and to forgive one another and stand in faith and trust God to sort this stuff out, okay? He'll let us know what we need to know, all right? In times of difficulty, we've got to look to him. Now, also in this looking to him, this is when the pressure is coming, the stress, the fear, the desperation is trying to push us into a course of action. Looking to him means obedience to him. Obedience to what he has already told us in the word or what he's already spoken to us individually. Because that's where the testing comes in the obedience, right? Because Jesus said things like, fear not. 
That's, that's, a, that's a command to be obeyed, right? That was not a suggestion to make you feel better. That was a command. It says, I command you not to fear. You know what? If we would take it that strong, we wouldn't tolerate that junk. We begin to drive out the spirit of fear when it's trying to take residence in our hearts and souls and our homes. Begin to drive that thing out. No, Lord Jesus said, fear not. So I choose to fear not. I choose to believe that the Lord is my help. Hallelujah. Praise God. And see, and that's walking in obedience. And that's not walking in panic and not walking in just absolute desperation. Now, one of my favorite quotes by Mark Twain. I like Mark Twain's quote so funny. He said, always do right. This will gratify some people and astonish the rest. (laughs) Always do right. You know what? There's times you're not going to get rewarded for doing right. There's times you do what is the right thing, and it's painful, and it's costly, and people don't appreciate it, and they talk bad about you when you do the right thing. But always do right. You see? Had to make some tough choices myself in a recent couple of months. Tough choices. I knew it was right. Always do right. And what's going to happen when we've always, when we're doing what we know is right, then we can trust in God to sort out that other stuff. God, I did my part. I did what you put on my heart. I did what I knew was the right thing. I'm trusting you for the outcome. Amen. 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 Always do right includes things like serving, reaching out to other people, tithing, giving, ministry. I don't feel like it. I'm hurting. I had a bad day. So what? Come on. Do you think Jesus felt like ministering every day of his life? I mean, there was some times he didn't sleep all night, right? Had a bunch of folks fussing with him, arguing with him, throwing rocks at him, trying to push him off a cliff. I mean, (laughs) run out of town. I mean, you know, I think there was a few days he didn't feel like getting up and doing another day. How about when John the Baptist got his head cut off? John the Baptist was his best friend. Now, you and I would have, we would have understood if he took off a couple of weeks and went off to go sulk in a cave somewhere. I mean, we'd have understood that, right? What did he do? He heard the news, got up, and started healing the sick and casting out devils. Started dealing with it, dealing with it in a spiritual dimension. That was an act of warfare. Because what was he doing? He was ripping and tearing up the kingdom of darkness that had just martyred his best friend. Right? What about when you and I heard it? You know he felt that deeply. You know he felt that deeply. What about when you and I are hurting? Do we pull in, withdraw? I need somebody to pray for me. Or are we reaching out? What's the Bible tell you about giving and receiving? All right? It's more blessed to give. What's it tell you also? The liberal soul, the one who gives out, will himself be watered, will himself be made rich, right? It's in giving that we receive. How many times have you ever been in that position to where you had you know, a rough day, rough week, rough whatever, and you went ahead and you yielded and you ministered to somebody else, and what happened? You got charged up, you got pumped up, you got healed, or you got delivered, or you got whatever you needed because you put yourself in the Master's hands and were a vessel of honor. Amen? All right. 
So we're going to keep reaching out. It's the right thing. It's the right thing. It's the right thing to keep ministering to other people. It's the right thing to keep giving. I know money's tight. I know, well, thank God we got some relief on gas prices, but I know groceries are expensive. I know money is tight. Does that mean we're not supposed to give? No, it doesn't mean you don't. It means you keep sowing. Have you all read the story of Isaac? Isaac in the book of Genesis? It said there was a famine in the land, and Isaac sowed into the famine and reaped a hundredfold. Why on earth would you sow in a famine? Because he understood the principle. It's time to sow. So you get it out there. Because if, if you don't sow, you're never going to get a harvest. And in times of famine, he desperately needed a harvest. And the pressure comes that when money starts getting tight, is we quit giving. They don't need that money anyway, right? You never know. You never know. It's not whether they need it or not. It's whether we need to give it. That's much more important. It's that we need to be the ones to give. So let's look. You know, rather than pulling back and withdrawing, especially when you're hurting and you're in pressure, look out. Who can you help? Who can you come alongside, be a support, some encouragement? Who can you strengthen? Maybe give them a prophetic word or hug on something. Take them a sack of groceries, something. Who is it that you yourself can minister to and lighten their load a little bit? You know, Isaac was trusting, he was not trusting in the government. He was not trusting in his family. He wasn't trusting in anybody but God when he sowed in famine, right? Only God. We understand from the scripture that God watches. You know, Jesus sat by the offering and saw the widow woman and she threw the last bit of money she had in the offering and says Jesus was paying attention to see how people were throwing their money in. Ooh, what you got? I don't think people like that too much today. Huh? Ooh, what, what size check do you write? <laughs> you ask the equivalent, isn't it? Because they brought their money in, I mean, sacks. Big sack, little sack. She has two little tiny coins she throws in there. She's determined that despite her circumstances, she was going to lean on God. Her help came from the Lord. Not from those guys down there in the temple. Amen. Amen. All right. First Peter 5, 6 and 7. It says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God at the same time, casting your anxiety, casting your care. You know, there's a bit of humility involved and casting your care over on the Lord, right? It's a humbling yourself. It's a lowering yourself. So when you're in a hurting situation, when times are hard, it is so easy to get negative, isn't it? It is so easy. And you go to work, and everywhere you get whining and complaining, negative, I'm not going to make it, the count, you know, this is going to fall apart, blah, 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 blah. Negative when it comes to hard times. It's such a temptation there. The temptation is also to withdraw from people, pull back from people, and to become self-absorbed. 
I got my own problems. I can't have time to think about you and yours. That's all part of, of what is tempting us in hard times. But in humbling ourselves, there is sometimes we need to have a valid heart search and ask ourselves, how did I get in this pickle? How did I get in this situation? You know, it's real easy. Let's just blame, let's just blame Congress, why don't we? Why don't we just blame the president? Why don't we just blame my boss? Why don't we just blame my mother? That's always a good one. Why don't we just blame a bunch of people? You know? I always say it doesn't matter what cards you're dealt. It's how you play them. You got, you got to play the cards you're dealt. Every last one of us have had things handed us in our lives that we didn't choose. Man, I wouldn't have asked for that. <laughs> I didn't want to have to deal with that mess. But we got handed stuff. But some of the things that you and I are dealing with are, are directly related to our own behavior, our own choices. So it's good to ask yourself the hard questions. How did I get here? The hard questions is when you get before God, you say, God, I need you to tell me the truth about myself. Was it fear? Was it pride? Was it envy? Was it rejection? How did I get here? Now, I don't say that to say condemn yourself, but you know what? The Bible does talk about to examine yourself from time to time, to examine your heart, you know? I don't mean kick yourself, but I'm telling you what, sometimes, you know, you know, in the natural realm, if you get fired, if you have a car wreck, if you have, I mean, what's going through your mind is, how did that happen? How did that happen? It's a legitimate question. And the problem is, there's a lot of people, they never want to know the answer. All they want to know is, who else's fault is this? If it hadn't been for this person or that government or that church, my life would be different. Y'all know that's the voice of a whiner. That's the voice of a whiner. You know what? Let's just take responsibility, okay? Face up to the facts. What are the facts, okay? How did I get in this situation? Okay, these are the facts. It's where I was at the time. I made this choice out of this motivation. This happened, okay, I didn't pursue that. I let the ball drop there. And just, you know, just to evaluate and just see, okay, what happened, what happened? Look inside and see what's the truth of your motivations. What's the truth of your attitudes? You know, I was reading a thing from um, Dr. Phil the other day. He talked about sometimes people don't marry Mr. Right. They marry Mr. Right now. Oh, I even know that's a big mistake, Right? <laughs> right? So it could be that a person says, I didn't marry Mr. Wright. I married Mr. Wright now. Why did I do that? I mean, you know, that's some painful heart searching to go through, asking yourself that kind of tough question, okay? So you want to look and see, is there a place I need to grow? Is there a place I need to mature? Is there a fear that's holding me back? Will my pride keep me from seeking help when I need it? What's going on inside of here? What's, where's there a place that I need to grow? And then and ask the Lord, what do you want out of me in this situation? I believe that there are some things, you know what's happening to some people right now? God's breaking the love of money off of them. I think he's breaking the love of money. I think God is also breaking the fear, uh, the fear of not, you know, and not trusting the Lord. That people have got their dependence on a system, you know, on a job, on a whatever. They're, 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 
dependence is upon man. Their trust is upon man. And I believe that God is breaking some of that stuff off people. He says, you can't be trusting that stuff no more. You know? Sometimes it happens people are just so accustomed to the doctors and the pills that they take all the time. And then, the, then something happens and the doctors don't have anything else for you. Mm-hmm. Then what? Then what? You know, I mean, then it's time to start looking at, okay, God, am I not trusting you? Is there a place where I got, you know, kind of half-hearted and I just take the pills for the rest of my life instead of believing you for healing? No condemnation, folks, but sometimes we need to face the facts and grow up, don't we? Sometimes we do. We need to grow up. I tell you, people don't like it when you start talking like this, but it's, it's really true. I mean, because you know what? We all need to grow up. I need to grow up. Everybody needs to grow up. The Bible says we need to grow up in all things into Christ Jesus, right? Yes. Well, guess what? I've been through some real growth stuff myself the last few weeks. You know, I got a little revelation about some fear that was operating in my life. And I was like, we are not having this. Fear is not going to rule me. Okay? That's a sneaky thing, too. It's sneaky. But you know what? When you start talking about you getting a hard spot, a tough spot, the temptation is to fear, isn't it? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. Amen. All right. Bible says also very quickly in Proverbs 1.20 that wisdom shouts in the streets. It says Proverbs 11.14, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Okay, if we're looking to the Lord for our deliverance, for our victory, we're looking inside of ourselves to see what's really going on, what's the truth on the inside. But then also, wisdom is crying in the streets. Wisdom is out there. You and I need to look for wisdom in the situations that we're facing right now. To look for wisdom. Now let me give you a real good revelation. All that wisdom is not going to come from the inner voice of the Spirit of God speaking to you. Some of that wisdom is found in somebody else. You know what? God wants us to be interdependent upon one another. Now, everybody who is younger than me, let me tell you something. I am 53 years old, so if you're younger than me, let me tell you something. I've lived longer. (laughs) Seen more. Maybe not the same kinds of things. But I'm going to tell you something. I know a lot more now than I did 30 years ago. I haven't got, I'm not there yet, but I've learned some stuff. And if you will listen to me or somebody who's older, who's lived through some things, got some wisdom, we can save you some trouble. How many of y'all been through something that said, man, if I'd have listened, if somebody had just told me? Shh. We've all been there. We've all been there. I've been there. I started saying, God, grant me wisdom. And I started listening to older people, deliberately seeking out older godly people, not a godly people, right? <laughs> older godly people. Because some older people don't have a lick of sense. But <laughs> some older godly people to find out some wisdom from them. And you know what? God will use them. I know it's the truth. It is sad, but it's true. But God will use them to be a voice to you. God will use them. Wisdom is crying in the streets. It might be sitting across the aisle at your office. It might be sitting in the church. It might be on the other end of the telephone. But there's somebody who's got some wisdom for the solutions. So the Bible says we need a multitude of counselors, a multitude to have the victory. Hallelujah. I encourage you to develop a circle, a wisdom circle. I have a wisdom circle, have had for years and years, and I add to it. 
a wisdom circle of somebody that you know you can go to and they're going to tell you the straight truth and they love you. And I, mean, I don't mean somebody your age. We all need people our age. All right? But I'm talking about people older than you who have lived longer than you, who've served God longer than you. You need a wisdom circle. And if you don't have one, I encourage you to start looking for those people in your life because they can save you a world of hurting. They can save you some pain. So we're going to look to God. We are going to look inside, ask the tough questions. We're also going to look out there and see where is wisdom and whose mouth is it going to be found. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father God, I ask you, Lord, that you would continue to bring those wise people into our lives. That, Lord God, that those divine connections to where we can draw from the wealth that you have deposited on the inside of them. And I ask you, Lord God, that as we are learning wisdom, as we are teachable, that you will also make us fountains of wisdom to give out to other people. Because there are some folks younger than us that we can help out with some stuff too. I bless you, Lord, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit, additional teachings, and training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com. Or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Apostolic Network, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you and God bless you.